0: Be sure to rate and review this podcast if you like it, and follow me on Instagram at channel and XO, and find me on YouTube for four new videos a week. Welcome back to the podcast, my little piggly wigglies. Let's get relaxed and let's embrace our mantra for this week, which is see and believe. See and believe. A lot of times, we think we want to see the truth, and of course I'm going to believe it, But really when we look at our behaviors or the dynamics we find ourselves in well maybe we don't but we can't change what we don't acknowledge and monsters do live in the dark so sometimes we have to throw a light on what's really going on and that includes not only someone else's behavior but our own behavior in order to get to a better place so let's roll our shoulders back Oh, loosen up our jaw, breathe into that belly, right? I always carry my tension in my belly, which you'd think would mean I have incredible abs. Turns out it doesn't. That's fine. And we're just going to relax so we can receive the message. So let's inhale through our nose. One more time. Repeat the mantra. See and believe. In through the nose. And out through the mouth. So before we get started, I just want to remind you guys to follow me on Instagram. Also, be sure to sign up for Flays. It's our uncensored ad-free platform. All of Evil Week is over there. And you know what? I'm kind of thinking about doing a second Evil Week. I'm just feeling it. I'm feeling evil. I painted my nails black. Woo! Let's do this. Also, download our book club pick, our literature pick, <laughs> Essentialism. It's fantastic. It's going to help you create some boundaries. We've got a video coming up on that. And if you want a video shout out, a little pep talk, head over to Cameo and find me on there. All right, Shalligators, let's get started. This question comes from the Shalligator Reddit thread, this podcast. It's a great place for you guys to collab. Check it out. There's like 3,000 of you. And I lurk over there and you guys post questions, book recommendations, songs that you love, funny memes (laughs) that you make. And it's just, it's such a cute little clubhouse for us alligators. Okay. So one of y'all posted this question. She said, I'm 25, my boyfriend is 28 and we've been dating for four months, but we've known each other for five years. We're really good together. But when we argue, it's always about little things. Like he says he didn't like my tone or sometimes I'm acting spoiled. And we always fix the argument. Because I say, okay, I'll change and be better. But lately this week, he's like, you only say you're going to change, but you actually aren't even trying. He also says you don't try to fix the problem when you're not okay. And that he doesn't even try if he doesn't feel good. But how do I start to try? I mean, I'm trying to talk about the issues and be sweet. It just doesn't seem to be working. What do I do to fix an issue and show him that I want to fix the issue? Because I really do. This is interesting. This is interesting. She titled this post, Help Me With My Sensible Boyfriend. I think the word sensible is an interesting choice because, look, I was reading all of your guys' response to this and some, the vast majority is like, mm. he seems really nitpicky. I mean, after four months, he shouldn't be like, I don't like your tone." But also, on the other side of the coin, Maybe you don't have a nice tone. Maybe you're not fighting fair. So that's one of the things I want to talk about. How to fight fair, even if the other person isn't. Why this is important is because sometimes all we can do is keep our side of the street clean. You know, we cannot fundamentally change how other people interact with the world, how they view conflict, how they view compromise. But we can make sure we are bringing everything to the table that's appropriate, fair, fair, Basically, just bringing our A game in terms of communication. Now, I majored in rhetorical communication with a focus on interpersonal communication and psychology. What does that mean? Basically, I majored in talking and arguing. I am a good arguer because I don't resort to mudslinging, fallacies, name calling. I don't have to. I approach it from like, hey, you made me feel like this. And the consequence of me feeling like this is I don't want to have sex. Or I'm pulling away, or I don't feel like seeing you instead of my friends because I feel like you're picking fights with me and my friends actually don't do that. You want to focus on making those I statements. I feel like when you're playing video games for a long time, that's going to make us late and then it's going to create a lot of tension versus had you not been playing those dumbass video games, we wouldn't be fucking late and now it's a fight. Do you see the difference? One is automatically going to make people defensive. It's coming at them like it's coming for the throat, right? And even if we feel exactly that way, and even if we're not wrong, it doesn't lead to a spirit of collaboration. I've talked a lot about right versus happy. We can be right. And be like, that. I am righteously angry about this. And I have every reason and every justification to rake you across the coals and call you names and be really mean. Or you could be happy. And listen, I know what you're saying. Well, I'm happy when I'm right. Dude, girl, me too, right? You know, I want to body someone into the ground when I argue because I can. And because if I am on this sort of moral high ground or whatever, it's like, well, why would I not? Why would I let this person think what they did is okay? It's not about that, it's about your ultimate end goal. You also know I'm extremely Machiavellian, right? And what's Machiavelli's key phrase? The ends justifies the means. And people use that to justify a lot of really bad shit, right? But we also can use it to justify collaborative things, to justify good communication. All right, so the ends that I want is to stay with my boyfriend, to have a stable, happy, loving relationship, so the means I'm going to use to get there, uh, they might not feel good in the moment, but they're, the ends are justifying the means, right? In this situation though, so okay, like I said, I think it's important that she actually looks at her role in this because I, I just feel like the words she's using are completely mischaracterizing this scenario. First of all, sensible, eh, is he a sensible man? Well, I don't know. It depends. We haven't watched these two argue. I don't know what they're actually arguing about. I don't know what her tone honestly is. Maybe she is being super bratty, right? And if when people argue with us like that, that's the first thing I tell them. Like, you need to correct your tone, all right? I'm down to have an open, communicative discussion coming from a standpoint of collaboration. But if you're sitting there being a brat, well, now it's a fight. And you don't want to fight with me, Right? So it's important to pull back and be like, all right, is there truth here? Is there some truth? Probably there's a little, you know, I even, no matter how great we are at communicating, our feelings get the better of us. We get hotheaded in the moment. If nothing else, we just get kind of confused in the moment. And sometimes it takes a while for that emotional dust to settle and be like, okay, here's how I actually feel about this thing we're fighting about. Like what I said in the moment was reactive. It was defensive. And then it usually became offensive, Right. But now that i've had a chance to cool off hmm i can look at things a little bit more neutrally so if you're getting feedback from your partner that's like the same feedback over and over again i don't like your tone you're being a brat you're not even trying pull back and say hey is there some truth in this and you know what maybe bring it up with him in a time of neutrality ironically the time to fight is not the fight that's when It's good to walk away, let things cool off. You know the phrase, never go to bed angry? (laughs) I was always like, no, exactly, stay up and fight. (laughs) But actually, actually, both of those pieces of advice are very bad. Sometimes you just need to remove yourself and cool off, right? And sometimes that's the best answer. I now force myself to abide by the 24-hour rule. I do not engage in a conflict for 24 hours. I mean, sometimes it's 12. But I really try to push it, let that neutrality sink in, Because your initial response is almost never your best response. And again, if you're in a relationship where you value being happy over being right, you want to bring your best response. And for the vast majority of us, that takes a minute. So pull back. And then in those times of neutrality, when things are going well, be like, hey, when we argue, you always say, I don't like your tone. I mean... Give me an example of my tone or what was an instance when you thought a problem could have been resolved a lot easier, but maybe my tone was making it worse. Like, is it the way I say something? Is it the words I use? Is it my body language? Try to get down to brass tacks. Like what truly are you working with here? But wait a minute, but wait a minute, that's the best case scenario, right? That, hey, there is some truth here. Okay. The worst case scenario is that this isn't really true. And this is like little micro gaslighting. These are little barbs to keep you small. You say in this message, you know, I say I'll change. I'm sweet. To me, that is capitulation. That is rolling over on your back, exposing your underbelly and being like, "I, I lay down my sword. You win. You win. You win. I just want this fight to be fucking over. I will say and do whatever I have to to make it end. Every nation, every army, every government knows that information gained under torture is notoriously unreliable because people will say whatever they fucking have to to make misery end. Yeah, I killed him. Sure, I was going to overthrow the government. Whatever. I slept with Anne Boleyn. Fine. And a good communicator, a healthy, mature person, which at 28, he should be. I mean, he's not 15, should know this. It's like, look, we didn't actually resolve a problem. I just got her to shut up. So if he's coming back to you, it's like, hey, these problems are still there. Well, are they still there because the conversations you're having aren't really conversations at all? It's sort of like a torture conversation where you're just like, fine, I want to end. I want it to end. Don't be mad at me. I love you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's just pacification. We're just blowing smoke at people when we do that. Right? So no shit these arguments are going to keep happening and no shit the issues aren't getting resolved. You're not talking about the issues. question you say specifically. We argue about the little things. So there's topics and then there's issues, right? The topic is why the fuck couldn't you just empty the dishwasher? Okay, I cooked for three hours. All you had to do was empty it. That's the topic, right? It's the dishwasher. The issue is out of balance labor and effort in the relationship. I gave something to you. You're not giving anything back to me. My love language might be acts of service. You don't do that. Therefore, I feel unloved. When we can cut to the chase and get to those issues, we can resolve it. Otherwise, you're going to go around and around and around about the dishwasher without understanding why it's so important. And he's going to look at you and be like, this bitch is in the fucking dishwasher again. She just can't get enough of this dishwasher thing. But if you're like, this is what it represents to me. This is why it matters. Then, first of all, he's operating with a full set of facts, right? So he can't play the ignorant card, and he can't gaslight you and say, you're being crazy. It's like, no, I'm not being crazy. I've communicated very clearly what this represents and how it relates to our relationship as a whole, so you can't plead ignorance on this one. Seeing is believing. And therefore, you get to stand back and read the writing on the wall. If you said, it's very important to me to feel valued in this relationship that you pitch in with housework, and for me the thing I hate doing the most is the goddamn dishwasher. If you did that, that would be such a gesture of respect and reciprocity. And if he still doesn't do it, he's just writing that on the wall. And sometimes that's why we don't hone in on issues. We want to stick to the topic because it's more like bite-sized misery. We can like digest it a little bit better. But like I said, seeing is believing. And if you have a real honest conversation about this topic and look at the issue and he still doesn't change and nothing improves you have to look at the fact that it's not improving because he doesn't care how it makes you feel he doesn't care what it represents he doesn't want to empty the dishwasher either because he simply just doesn't like doing it and he's like a child or he doesn't really give a shit if you don't feel valued well she should make me dinner the fuck else she doesn't like it she can leave whatever We don't want to have to look at that in the face because then you know what we have to do? Take action. I talk all the time about this song from like the 90s. It was that Joan Osborne, like, um, what if God was one of us? The song just, they like played it a million times until you just wanted to gouge your ears out. But there's, there's a part in there. It's like, would you want to see if seeing meant you had to believe in Jesus and all the saints? And I always go back to that. Like, do you actually want the truth about something? Because then, you have to believe. You have to take action about it. So look at what's going on here in this dynamic. What are these little things you're arguing about? What's deeper underneath there? You know I have this theory that your first fight will be your last fight. When you're newly dating, you just you just sweep everything under the rug, right? We're never more elastic than we are in the honeymoon phase. <laughs> it's fine, he didn't have do the dishwasher. It's fine, he's liking all these IG models' face. Oh, whatever. But when we finally like crack and we have that first big fight with someone, that's because whatever that issue is, really, really matters. And we cannot be elasticized about it anymore. You just snap. With my last boyfriend, one of the things we'd fight about is like, I wouldn't even call it jealousy, but he, I felt like he had me under a microscope in terms of like my videos and what I was posting and stuff like that and, and it just felt, I just felt very scrutinized and it became, you know, it's the kind of thing like I brushed off and I'm like, okay, and I would explain and I felt like we would have like discussions about it, you know, healthy discussions. And then it's like one day, my, my head just popped. I was like, fucking enough, enough. And that was like our first big fight. And ultimately that sort of dynamic broke us up like that. If, if I had to boil it down to one thing, it would be that, like that was a thing that became intolerable because like I said, the first time you fight about it, it's because it actually really matters and not that it's a lethal cancer on your relationship. It doesn't have to be if two people again, are willing to work on being happy versus right, sometimes that's possible and sometimes it's simply not. A lot of times it is, though. And it's worth it to just give it a fighting chance. So get to these root issues. But look, girl, if you're like, no, I don't, the root issue is like, I don't cut my meat right. I don't make the bed properly. If this is nitpicky, like the other girls are are replying back and saying, then this is a control tactic. This is a control tactic. You know what I realized I did sometimes? This is really bad. But I realize it and I don't do it anymore. When guys would try to fight with me like bring up something that I was doing wrong that quite frankly, I wanted to keep on doing, like ditching them for a night out with my girlfriends, like canceling at the last minute. I didn't want someone to say I couldn't do that. I wanted to keep doing it. It was fun. I enjoyed it. I wanted to have a boyfriend on the back burner who I could sort of take off the shelf and play with him when I wanted to and live my life exactly how I wanted. This is not how I am now, but I'm mature enough to look back and be like, yeah, I definitely did that. When they would bring that stuff up to me, I would I would nitpick I'd be like you have crumbs all over your face I would say something to like poke at their underbelly so that it knocked them off their power pedestal which was such a dirty way to fight and so incredibly unfair and you know what it created very unhappy relationships no shit Shallon I wasn't doing an ends justifies the means thing in a positive way I wasn't coming at them from a collaborative standpoint and hearing them out, even though I didn't maybe want to hear. Who wants to hear criticism about themselves? Nobody. Nobody does. I didn't ask. I didn't want to know. I wanted to carry on doing exactly what I wanted. I was very young and very selfish. And so, well, girl, you got what you asked for. You want to do what you want? You did because they dumped you, rightfully so. Maybe not right there in the moment, but eventually people get tired of that sort of control manipulation. And they figured it out. It's like, hey, every time I try to bring up something with you, you divert the conversation. And I'm a good talker. I'm a good arguer. It it, it took him a while to figure out what I was doing. It took me even longer, though. Because like I said, I was coming from a place of such selfishness. Well, that's not really conducive to looking your behavior in the face. I was justifying it again and again and again. And this dude might be doing that, too. He might just be like, (laughs) Behave the way I want you to behave, or I'm just going to sort of gaslight you into submission. That's not great. So you being sweet and you rolling over just to get this fight over with is only going to prolong it. It's only going to compound these issues because now you're resentful. He's frustrated because, you know, like I said, best case, there really are issues that you say you're going to address and you don't because you're not even really looking at what the actual beneath the surface issues might be. So it's just this terrible cycle of capitulation and frustration. And the way to ameliorate that is to come out of the shadows and look things in the face. Even if, like that song said, seeing means you have to believe. If a relationship is fundamentally not working at month four, I don't care how long you've priorly known each other, it's not going to work at month four and 10 days, at year four, at year 40. Yes, new relationships take some take some adjustment. You know, you gotta get into the rhythm and find each other's biorhythm and communication styles for sure. But if you've already known each other for a half a decade, you should have a lot of the basics figured out. And if you keep butting up against the same behaviors, the same issues, they're probably not going to go away. But they might. Look them in the face, be honest with yourself, Make statements that are I focused I feel this way. And when I feel this way, my reaction is to blah, blah, blah. So I feel like you're contributing that reaction by XYZ. The next step to fighting fair. You're going to keep things in the here and now. There is nothing worse, and we've been on both sides of this, than arguing with someone who pork barrels. Pork barreling is a political term where you might hear people talk about, it's like, there's a ton of pork in this bill. And I was like, what? Like, I just <laughs> never understood. It's like, what is it? Am I hearing this right? Did he say pork? Pork barreling is when you create a bill like, oh, we're going to pass the, like the Patriot Act. So that means we can, I don't know fucking what the Patriot Act centered around. We're going to send... Terrorists to Guantanamo Bay, but then they they tacked on all these other things at the very last minute. Oh, yeah, we can turn Alexa into like a home spying device and we can actually just read all your emails, whatever. (laughs) It's little things that you don't know about, but that are sort of lumped together. And then you're like, wait a minute, this is a bait and switch. This doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about. Why is this part of this? We see that in arguments where you're having a fight about the dishwasher. Let's go back to the dishwasher, right? You're like, you know what? You never empty the dishwasher. He's like, okay, I'm sorry. You're like, it's really important to me that you do that. All right, I'm sorry. And do you remember last year when I asked you to walk the dog and you didn't and you said you did and you lied and so we peed all over the carpet? Yeah, I remember that too. Dennis. I don't know why I always go with the name Dennis because it's like the worst. That's pork barreling. We have to keep the issues to here and now. People don't want to fight a ghost. They don't want to fight the past, especially if you've already thought about it. This is what makes us crazy as people. When I discuss something, when I really bring an issue, not a topic, but an issue into the foreground, I look at it, I discuss it, I am ready to move on. I never want to hear about it again. Asked and answered. And I will say that to boys. They'll bring up something from the past. I was like, oh, asked and answered. Remember in March when we talked about this? We're not talking about it again. I'm sorry if you didn't feel like the discussion was closed. You had ample opportunity to bring it up then. I'm not bringing it up now. I'm sorry. Maybe that's me not fighting fair. But otherwise, I think it's such a slippery slope. It's just this Pandora's box. It's like, oh, okay, so we don't just get to fight about the dishwasher. We get to fight about everything for the last 11 months that we already fought about? No, 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 no. So keep things in the present. The last thing you got to do to fight fair is paraphrase. Paraphrasing is hugely important in any kind of social interaction. Paraphrasing in many ways is the root of charm and therefore it's the root of persuasion and manipulation. Now I've said before, we got to get rid of the word manipulation as a negative. It's not. We manipulate our way through life every single day and only an idiot doesn't do that, right? It's like, you look great in that dress. Let's just get it and go. Come on. We're going to have a great time once we're out. That's manipulation. Maybe they don't look great, but it's like, you know what? They look good to me. We're not spending another 45 minutes sitting in her closet while she tries on everything, okay? Daddy, can I borrow the car? It's just not safe to take the bus, right? That's manipulation, but for the greater good. So paraphrasing is an easy way to figure out what your person is saying. And like I said, it's part of charm. We feel heard and understood when someone can repeat our essence back to us. Not just parrot the exact phrase we just said, But if someone's like, oh my God, I just, if this guy ghosts me, I'm just going to freak out. Just like, I can't handle this one more time. It would be weird to say like, you just can't handle this one more time. You're going to freak out if he ghosts you. Your friend would be like, yes, that's, that's what I said. You want to paraphrase back the essence. Like, oh my God, girl, I know it's so painful and it's so crazy when that happens. It just makes you feel like you never want to date again. That's the essence of what she was saying. That's the root. People who have Asperger's, it's hard for them to do that. You know, I mean, I've heard, I don't have it, but I've heard that like, it's, it's hard to pick up on those social cues, which is really difficult in terms of making friends. Like it's a big barrier. If you can't get to the root of what someone's saying and the essence of what they're saying, they don't feel very understood. You don't feel like you've understood them. It's just like, uh uh-huh, it's just an endless small talk loop. And so that can really, really impede bonding, you know, and that's tough. But it is something we can work on and we can teach Asperger's or no Asperger's. It doesn't matter. It's always something we can get better at. I remember in high school, we had a class on this. Isn't that wild? Like for student council, (laughs) we had a topic Tuesday. That's what like our teacher called it. And we learned, we practiced paraphrasing from the very simple to the very complicated. And I think it was one of the most instrumental lessons I've ever had in life in terms of human behavior. And this is especially important to do in conflict. When I'm arguing with someone, because like I said, when you're in the moment, you're inflamed, your brain isn't always working right, you're full of adrenaline and cortisol, and that can literally cloud your mind. Like when you're really upset, does your vision kind of blur? Mine does, like my eyeballs get hot. I feel like I'm literally overheating, like my brain is trying to cook me to death rather than being in this fight, you know? I'm just like, ah, it's like my ears are ringing. And so when I'm on a tear, because I'm a good communicator, I can loop my arguments back in on themselves. I can confuse the listener. I don't want to do that, but sometimes it happens. I will pause and I'll say, tell me what you hear me saying, right? And I'm like, seriously, no, like what, what do you think my message is right now? I, because I want to make sure I'm communicating it effectively. You want to say it like that, not like, what the fuck do you think I just said? Are you dumb? Tell me what I just said. that's, again, right versus happy. The ends justifies the means. Many, many times the person is not getting the message you're trying to send. And then you're like, oh, okay, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not mad you're going out with your friends. Not at all. I want you to have friends. I'm mad because you blow me off to see them. I have my friends too. I want to see them. I just can't have 10 minutes of notice when I'm already getting ready for the date. It's disrespectful. I don't abide that. Right? You want to make sure you're always bringing things back to the issue and not the topic. And vice versa. If a guy's ranting at you or whatever, you can say, hold on, hold on. I just, I want to make sure I'm understanding you right. I believe you're telling me you don't want to unload the dishwasher because it's boring. Okay? But what I want you to understand is that it's not about the dishwasher. It's about... You showing respect for me by doing these acts of service. And to me, those are the most important things in a relationship, right? There's no harm in calling a little TO to make sure everyone's still on the same page. And if you do feel like there's something bad about that, well, maybe you're defaulting to the right versus happy thing. Maybe you just want to be right. I don't give a shit if he hears me. I'm going to argue and yell and scream until he just rolls over and is like, okay, fine. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Fine. Fine. I'll delete her off my IG, fine. You can't do that with guys either. We gotta be brave and stand up and have those adult discussions if we're going to have adult relationships with positive adult outcomes. So, to recap, three ways to fight fair, right? Avoid making you statements. You need to ba-ba-ba-ba. have I statements. I feel like this. We would work better if X, Y, and Z were happening. Keep things in the present moment. That's number two. Don't refer to the past. Don't forecast into the future. Oh, so you're just never going to empty the fucking dishwasher? Am I going to be 80 and I'm still going to be unloading your bitch ass cups from that baseball game? You don't want to do that. You want to keep it here and now. Present focus. People can't fight the past and they can't fight the future. They can only deal with what's happening. And if you present them with, hey, you got to fight the father, the son, and the holy fucking spirit, they're going to be like, you know what? (laughs) No, I don't know. And then you're going to have a mutually unfair fight. And number three, paraphrase. Pull back. Ask someone, am I hearing this right? Is this what you're trying to tell me? Because sometimes you're freaking out and getting heated over something that's actually not being said or presented and vice versa. If we can do that, if we can hit that triumvirate of positive, fair fighting, then first of all, we're going to have a much higher chance of crafting a healthy relationship. And second of all, Even if we don't, we are going to have so much more clarity about what unfair fighting actually looks like, right? That we're going to look at this person coming to us, making accusatory statements, name calling, bringing up the past, not listening to what we're saying, and be like, yeah, no. No, no thanks. Sometimes all we can do is keep our side of the street clean. For more, go to the Shalligator Reddit thread. Also, like I said, be sure to download our book club pick, Essentialism. We're going to be doing a video on that. If you want a little video shout out, find me on Cameo. And be sure to sign up for my blog, Eat, Pray, Love. See you later, Shalligators.